Welcome to the Innovation Roundtable Insights Podcast. This episode was recorded in London at an Innovation Roundtable workshop hosted by BP in November 2017, where our colleague Leonard sat down with Nick Adia, Senior Director of Global Open Innovation at Oracle, to discuss how to solve the problem of misalignment between corporates and startups. Nick talks about how corporate thinking has changed at Oracle through its accelerator and innovation programs. Nick, it's a pleasure to have you here in my little uh, studio, backstage studio at the Innovation Roundtable. And uh, maybe we can start the interview by you just briefly uh, explaining who you are, what company you work for and what uh, role you have. Well, thank you, Leonard, for having me here today. So my name is Nick Adia. Um, I'm the Senior Director for Global Open Innovation for Oracle. And my role is to ha- has been helping to build out the Oracle Startup Cloud Accelerator, which I have responsibility for four of our regions, which is the UK, France, Brazil, and Israel. So it's all the way from the end-to-end execution and how we support startups as part of Oracle to adopt our technology and help them grow as businesses. Which innovations are you looking for in that you know, initiative? Uh, are you looking for more the incremental innovations or uh, more radical stuff or both? Or what is the, the ratio? Yeah. It's, a, it's a good, really good question. So there's this whole kind of concept of sort of, I guess, you have BAU, which is sort of business as usual. You then have adjacent and then you have almost disruptive. And we found that different types of innovations have a different impact on our business. So we have BAU innovation that probably contributes maybe 70% of the things that we come across. But we've actually found that that's only got a 10% impact in terms of the ROI that the business can get or our customers. What we really look for is that really adjust adjacent and disruptive. So things that are like blockchain, new uses of artificial intelligence, we're not specifically looking at a particular technology area because at Oracle we sell to pretty much everyone. We have 2,000 plus products. We're really looking across every single industry and every single area, but we have been starting to develop some level of focus on blockchain technologies, AI, and VR. And that's the reason why we've got centers in different places to focus on certain places and certain types of tech. Where's the uh, accelerator placed organizationally, but also physically and, and geographically? It's a great question. So generally, accelerators have started from sales teams. And one really different thing about the Oracle Accelerator is that it's based in our product and R&D arm. So it's headed up by Thomas Kurian, who's our president of product. And more formally, it's headed up by a gentleman called Reggie Bradford. Um, so he essentially uh, is my boss. And he is and she's a three-time entrepreneur. So the really nice thing is it's actually headed up by a founder that's built businesses for startups within product R&D. Now, geographically, is probably even more interesting that we specifically have chosen to go into different parts of the world to find these innovations. So the areas that I look after are Bristol in the UK. We have Paris in France. We're also in Sao Paulo in Brazil and Tel Aviv in Israel. And on the other side of the world, we're in Bangalore, Mumbai and Delhi within India and as well as Singapore. So we almost have different routes in different places just because we're seeing that there are different types of innovations depending on whichever city you're in. So yeah, eight centers at the moment. What criteria do you use to select startups? And, and, and what, um, you know, what scope do you look at? So in terms of the type of company we're looking for, we're looking for companies that have already established some level of minimal viable product. So they already maybe have some funding. They may already have some customers. They may already achieve some level of product market fit. What we look at is how we can support those companies to achieving minimal viable business. 
So really how we can help them to scale. So at Oracle, we realize what we're good at and what we're not good at. And my background had come from Barclays, where we were much more early stage. What we're now looking at is how can we help some of these companies scale on their product? So one of our criteria is looking at what type of infrastructure provider are they working with? How are they scaling their product from either their users or customers so they can get to that enterprise level? The next part of that is that we're looking at how can we help them scale their customer base? One of the biggest things that I found when I was building my own company was actually finding referenceable customers and something that Reggie always says that it was the hardest thing, finding a dollar of revenue. Because finding money, to be honest, is easy in terms of equity. So you can always find investment, but actually building a saleable business is something that's really important. So we look at different elements. So there are numbers of criteria we look at, things like team, we look at their traction, we look at their product, we look at how referenceable they are to their customers, and that's how we make our selections. So I think we just went through our recent cycle, and we had 3,000 plus applications globally. Um, and from that, we've chosen 42 companies. So it's been quite rigorous. I mean, in San Paolo, I think we had 500 companies apply. So it shows you that it's quite rigorous, and we only choose five startups per location and um, per cohort. So to get in is quite hard, but the benefits means that we can be really custom and tailored to the output we give to the startups. Let me ask you about that relationship. Um, how is the relationship between the, the startups then and, um, and uh, Oracle? So what is, uh, what is specifically the relationship between, between those two parties kind of engaging? It's always been an interesting relationship, as you probably know. Having a large, multi-complex organization and having a young, emerging startup is always interesting friction. But I think what's been really nice about this is that we have program managers that are ex-founders, people who have been in the VC space, people who don't always look like the corporate that you would see in a general business, who look after the relationship with our startups within the spaces themselves. So if you went into Bristol or Sao Paulo, you'd have someone that looks and feels like someone who may have run a business. We also have someone who is our cloud evangelist, or we call them technical mentors and residents. They're specifically on hand to help the startup adopt potentially Oracle technology, but more so to help them build and grow their product base. Our relationship with them is multi-layered, so that's the local layer. The other element is that we're also introducing them to mentors across the business, so product experts from around our headquarters and people that are leading those streams. We introduce them to people that are industry experts, what we call innovation advisors, people who can help them get into, for example, manufacturing or retail. And then we also help them connect to our sales team. So how do we introduce them into large enterprise customers to help them with how they're looking at solving specific problems? So it's multi-layered and it's really about putting the founders at the center of the mission. And is, is Oracle involved in any investments or is it really uh, an accelerator that, that is hosted through Oracle kind of and, and you're providing the network and ecosystem uh, while uh, investments um, are uh, kind of managed by the startups them, themselves? It's a good question. A lot, a lot of people ask us this question. Why is it that we don't invest? And I'll tell you the reason why. So we, sp we used to a long time ago, but the business has taken a decision that we do not invest at the seed or series A level. It's just not something that is part of the mission of what Oracle does. I mean, we do a lot of M&A activities, I think everyone knows, and we acquire a lot of companies. But fundamentally, there was a very strategic decision why we don't invest. By introducing a strategic investment on someone's cap table can sometimes be seen as restrictive. And it also means that it restricts us to the type of company that we can work with. When you're, and I mean, when I was going through the Barclays Accelerator, and we went through Techstars, it was 6% 
of essentially our cap table that we had to give up and it wasn't a give up it was more so we were it was an opportunity cost to get the benefits of the accelerator but that's not always as relevant for most companies by not taking equity we've managed to introduce a far different type of startup we're able to work with series a scale-up type startups which are starting to grow because there's no question around whether we take equity or we don't for us we add value on their product we add value on their sales and fundamentally for us we're driven as a product and sales driven accelerator purely because we think that's the gap in the market that needs to be filled a lot of our startups are still introduced to investors within our network it's just we're not actively part of that deal flow so in india and bangalore we actively look at how we can introduce people within our network and we also have people within our team that we'll be announcing very shortly around how we can we're also looking at introducing them to our vc network but us as oracle we don't invest but there's a a good reason behind that how would you describe the benefit let me ask a bit, a bit more about that uh, the benefits on on either side the benefits for oracle and you've talked a bit about the benefits mm. for for the startups but the benefit fits for oracle yeah, just every, summarize everyone asks that question well what's in it for what's in it for oracle i mean why would we be doing something like this i mean for us there's three major benefits for us one it's a product r&d play it really gives us a good understanding of how people are using our technology it also allows us to expand the second part of that to a customer base and also a base of customer that we just weren't speaking to traditionally oracle has always been around blue chips and very much large enterprises and also in the mid market but we've not traditionally had as much exposure to the emerging companies the ubers of this world i mean we for example lift is one of our customers but we're trying to capture how do we get the facebook of tomorrow the uber of tomorrow before they become that company i think the third part of that is that we see a lot of benefit even from our employees is exposing people who are traditionally have been here maybe for many years that are looking to do something a little bit different but how do we expose the expertise that they've built up in a specific industry like the pharmaceutical industry how can they apply what they're doing that can actually help another company so there's a number of multi-layered benefits but for us it's really giving us an understanding of our cloud infrastructure but also it's helping us in our customer relationships fundamentally our customers are seeing oracle in a completely different way than they were maybe 5 years ago which i think is great we're reinventing ourselves as the startup we were 40 years ago you've talked a bit about um how the interfaces are between kind of the startups and then introducing them to the internal experts within oracle yeah. and so on and how how would you describe kind of that that relationship and then startup people meeting those <laughs> corporate people uh, in a room and then discussing uh, technical solutions but also other issues i guess um how does that where does that happen and 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 how does that uh, work so it's a really interesting way you put that question because i think traditionally it's it is the meeting of two worlds but i think more and more what we're starting to see on the founder side is that most of these founders have come from these industries they've come from corporates with look alike people that they're meeting so we have a gentleman from igealize that has got wealth of experience maybe 25 years of experience and they're a mapping solution in our cohort that basically instead of looking at distance they look at time and it's something that's been very welcomed by a number of different customers but peter who's the founder of that that particular startup has been in many corporates before so it's actually not that dissimilar all that's happening is that it's someone who has gone through the mnc and corporate route that is introducing a different way of looking at the problem and i think that those in the corporates are seeing that well actually this is a completely brand new way of us looking at the problem 
So it's actually quite refreshing because what you're seeing is you're seeing the old come with the new, not in terms of age, but almost in terms of looking at a specific problem. And what we do is our processes, we see what our customers are trying to are struggling with in terms of different problems they're looking to address. We then find which startup might be best to solve that particular problem. We then create the environment through a workshop or a series of workshops, a little bit like how I do design thinking, to bring that to the fore to say that how do we solve this problem better? And that may lead to a proof of concept, that may lead to a commercial contract, and that's something the customer can decide. But fundamentally, it's how do we help them solve a problem through Oracle as being that platform, but almost introducing them to new technologies that they may not have been aware of. But it's actually more new ways of thinking. It's more the cultural shift that the customer is excited by, and we're excited by, than we are even the technology at some points. But it's interesting that you're sitting here and you've been on both uh, sides, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, let me ask you about the, the challenges. I mean, in, in, the, in your new role, kind yeah. of, on, I wouldn't say the other side, but uh, from Dark a different side. perspective. <laughs> um, what, um, how would you see, what, what are some of the challenges and what are some of the learnings that you would say um, in, in organizing all of this and in organizing that accelerator from, from an Oracle yeah, perspective? I think it's, an in, it's definitely an interesting transition. Like I've gone from running a startup and being a founder where you can break the rules. It is really about being iterative. You can really sort of think about how you can adjust and pivot your proposition. And it's completely dependent on you and how you build your team. When you go into a larger organization, you realize there are more things that process, there are approvals. There are not, this, the culture is very different. The, bigger, the first learning I had is that you have to figure out how to build that startup culture within your own organization. And you have to realize that people are human beings that are always interested in learning. That allows you to create those ambassadors. So the first thing we did in Barclays and also in Oracle is find who our ambassadors are. People that understand that, that Eric Ries mindset we were talking about earlier, the idea that you can be agile, you can be disruptive, you can make a change from within. That's the first thing. You've got to find, I think, I think Spotify calls themselves tribes. They've got this whole kind of concept. We had to find our tribe of people that understood that concept first and foremost. The second part of that is working with your champions, understanding who are the people that can make things happen. When you're setting up an accelerator, you're not just setting up a program, but you're setting up a pathway for a company that does not look like your traditional supplier to be able to work with customers that has never been done before. So you need to make friends with people that are in legal, within risk, within your product areas, to really bring them on that journey with you. Otherwise, you'll find that you'll get to a certain point, like the end of a POC, and nothing happens. And many, many innovation teams have that problem, that they get to a certain level of success, their PR vehicle is great, so they basically get to that point. And the last part of that is, it's about listening to your founders. Like, the amount of times we come across to people where we think we know best, or the business things they know best. We know what a founder would like, clearly, because we've all been there before. But actually by listening to them and saying, hey guys, look, we're really trying to work with you here. That really helps a lot. And actually helping them be involved in the process. We have a very transparent relationship with our founders. Just, just yesterday I was sitting in Bristol and we sat down with one of our startups. And we're like, guys, we know this isn't always the perfect experience. How do we fix it? And actually it was really refreshing because they were able to say, this is not working, this is working well. And actually that means that we take on the problem that they've given us. We work internally and we commit to making that fix. Because again, the biggest thing that this relies on is trust. If you don't have the trust with your founders, you won't have a program. And that means that trust also extends to the people within your own organization. So it's quite an interesting balance. It's quite nice being someone who's been a founder 
and someone who can go into the business because you can almost talk both languages. How do you monitor uh, the startups in your portfolio and, and how do you measure progress or do you measure progress in the different stages, you know, having the startups in the portfolio and then looking at the stages that they are progressing slowly? It's a great question. So one of the things we do um, a little bit differently to what we've done in Barclays here, we have a tool internally which we call Oscar 360. It's basically a mechanism that our program leads and regional um, teams on the ground are able to use to monitor and track the progress of the startup's growth. So it's a way for us to look at their things like their monthly recurring revenue, we're looking at their introduction of new clients, we're looking at their product growth, and that's all being captured on a regular basis. But actually as a business, we've also set three strategic goals for our own internal KPIs. First and foremost is how are we helping them to grow their product and to grow that roadmap in terms of are they using Oracle technology? How can we encourage more cloud adoption? How do we help them to grow their milestones? And that's one KPI we look at. The second thing is growth with our customers. Have we made introductions? What have those conversions been? How are we introducing and creating value for the customers that are looking to work with these startups? And third for us is referenceability. It's creating powerful case studies in our network to say that, hey, we're working with this great company and actually showcasing that to our customers to say, not only is this a great example of Oracle technology and how we're disrupting ourselves, but here's a great use of machine learning and AI, or here's a company that's disrupting manufacturing that you may not have considered. So that's, and then we go through that process that we've got regular check-ins on a monthly basis, as well as continual conversations with our founders, even after they leave the program. What are some of the, the challenges, especially in the, in the stages when you see uh, some of the startups going into scaling um, mode or, or commercializing or like trying to commercialize um, what their offerings? What challenges do you see there and how do you think that Oracle can be of any help in, in, in those situations? Yeah, so in, when, when I was a founder, essentially when we were like an SMB restaurant and bar solution, we found it really difficult to look at When we went into enterprise customers, it was a completely different ballgame. It's almost looking at what's your security standards? Are you using Java? What are you pen tested? How do you scale on your SLA? These are things that we just didn't understand because as a young founders and as a young company, it was we were competing against the big boys, other organizations. And this is exactly what we see our founders struggle with. Our founders are struggling in situations where Actually, we would love to ha they would love to have a conversation with an enterprise customer. They probably have great technology, but actually, have they got the product that works? We introduce people like a security expert. We'll look at an infrastructure engineer. We'll look at someone who's an architect to see, is this enterprise ready? Because most of these people who are our cloud architects are speaking to our customers. They understand their stack. They understand their infrastructure. They know what's acceptable and what's not because of our own products. The second part of that is that we look at whether they're enterprise sales ready. We look at Have they understood how to qualify leads? Have they understood the art of a sales funnel? How they basically bring in the right type of customer? Have they got the right people? That's the other part as well, that when they're scaling, you might not have the, the person that was selling to this market may not be the best person for the next market. So we also introduce them to workshops and different types of experts that could help them to understand how to build their sales teams. But these are all the fundamentals we put together and that creates them almost the formula for success in helping these companies get to the next level. And you're probably wondering, well, how does Oracle do more than that? What we're also looking at is even joint propositions. It's, it's a very different conversation if a startup goes into an enterprise by themselves. And loads of startups are very good at doing that. But there are many that are not. So 
going in with an enterprise customer account director and them saying, well, actually, I'd love to introduce you to X startup that's doing this. We've been working with them for X number of months and they're doing something and they're using our technology already on Oracle Cloud or they've done an integration with Micros or, or something within the Oracle family of products. That's a very different conversation with the CIO or CMO because they're like, well, we trust Oracle because we're already working with you. And now you're bringing us a startup that's already using your technology. So that's what we're also bringing to the table with the trust and credibility with our own customers to trust the founders that are in front of them as they're scaling. So that's generally how we do things. Last question, Nick. Uh, it's, it's really about if you look back, you know, look back as far as you can and think about how innovation has, has been and how and look, look until today and, and all the years that you've been kind of um, progressing through, uh, how has innovation changed and uh, what are the, some of the reasons for that, if you would just reflect a bit on that? Yeah, so I think it's interesting that corporate innovation wasn't really a thing 10 years ago. And I think the fundamental reason why innovation in companies have changed is because startups have changed. Suddenly, it's far easier to get access to users. It's far easier now to scale a company. There's far more access to capital. There are companies now, like if you look back at 2004 and you look at what Facebook is today, completely different world. In, you look at things like Twitter in 2007, you look at it now. You look at Uber and how that's completely reshifted the way that we get cabs. Startups are no longer needing the time or companies themselves are not needing the time to disrupt those industries. I mean, at Barclays, we were working with a company called TransferWise, which is one of Barclays' largest customers. But TransferWise 10 years ago wasn't even something that was considered to be a credible competitor. But now, TransferWise is actually competing directly with the banks on that revenue. So I think because startups themselves have changed, the innovation game has changed. No one wants to be a blockbuster. Like, no one wants to be the company that gets, had the chance to buy Netflix for $50 million, or however much it was, and actually ends up being coming extinct themselves. No one wants to become Kodak. So I think companies are realizing if we don't want to be disrupted, we have to disrupt ourselves, which is why you're seeing the birth of innovation teams. You're seeing people are looking at, instead of waterfall, they're looking at agile. They're looking at things like the Eric Ries sort of lean startup, as you mentioned. They're looking at ways, how do we create that founder mentality within our business to disrupt our business and work with the disruptors of tomorrow? And I think that's what's shifting. And whether companies are doing it successfully, that's another conversation completely. But I think it's exciting to be part of that change because I think you can be as effective in founding a company, but actually disrupting a business from within and actually innovating within a large organization, that's a whole new ballgame. And that's something that we're really excited about. Nick, thank you very much for that uh, pleasant and interesting conversation. Thank you very much. That's really a pleasure. The video version of this podcast can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to a wide variety of exclusive content, including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with other corporate innovators, share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation practitioners and large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your seven-day free trial account.